You're listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is Cap Chat. And these are not my quotes. I just I found them and, and I kind of see what you guys think. So when the summer break starts, players need some time to mentally and physically recover from the season. However, what would happen to the physical status of the player if they do not perform any type of structure training during a four-week summer break? Research has shown that the body fat percentage would substantially increase, whereas endurance capacity would substantially decrease. It should be noted that a training program would minimize these efforts. Um, this is of great importance for trainers and coaches since players who begin preseason with high levels of physical fitness are able to improve the physical fitness during the season, in contrast, players who return unprepared are more likely to experience reductions in physical performance during the season. So you take that in mind, and Pablo, let's look at U15 to U19, you know, the high school age club players. What what should they be doing in the summer, and what is what what is too much? You know, I mean, I think these girls these these girls and guys go. I want to go to the beach. I want to watch Netflix. I I, I want to, and and so is that quote. Is there truth in that quote? And do we have do we need to follow that logic? Yeah. So let, let, let me backtrack it a little bit. I think there's something important to mention about the the quote that you had before, right? Like, so the 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 theory of Malcolm Gladwell about the ten thousand hours has become really popular, mm-hmm. but there, there are a lot of misunderstandings around it. And I'm not saying that I'm against it at all, but it's a, it's basically a theory that is purely based on quantity, but it's not based on quality. So it's like, okay, we got to achieve 10,000 hours. So people started thinking like, all I need is repetition. But yeah, but the quality of training matters. If I give you a guitar, Josh, and I tell you like, oh, just go and play for 10,000 hours. It's not the same as, yeah, 10,000 hours, but you have really good teachers that help you in the process. Right? So the quality of training matters. It's not just the quantity. Um, and I think that has led to a lot of issues. And one of them is early specialization. Like, you know, now at U9, parents want players just to play soccer because they say, oh, because we got to accumulate as many hours as possible. And it's a, it's a fallacy. In fact, there are books like The Sports Gene from David Epstein that are proving that that early specialization is, is not beneficial for, for the development of the athlete. So, it's do I am, am I against it? No, absolutely not. But there are we got to put it in the context of people. There are too many misunderstandings around it. Now, sorry about that. Taking it to to where you were trying to go in the summer break and in older players. What I think is the what I think is like there's no uh, unique answer to be honest, now. Because it really depends on the case. It's, it's the same thing that we were talking about periodization. Like, how's that player feeling by the end of the season? Maybe if they got injured in the middle of the season, they're still like really craving to get a, to get playing time, to get training time. Maybe if they played seventy games during the season, they're really needing a break right now. And I think that's the most important thing to consider. What I do dis- disagree with, in my opinion, is what you were is the last quote that you mentioned, the one that said that basically if they're, if they're not part of a formalized training thing, um, the, the decline in performance is mm-hmm. going to be uh, massive. So I'm like mm, doubtful, very relative. I mean, even top athletes, top professional players, what they normally do is the first 15 days, 
they turn the TV off and they don't play soccer at all. And they just try to, you know, to, to zone out for a sake. Yeah, but 15, 15 days is different than four weeks, though. 15 days. But what they, what they normally do is like the first 15 days is complete, like, like just zone out, completely zone out from the sport. You know, also every discipline, every sport has repetitive movement. So, you know, you're putting a lot of effort over the same joints, over the same muscles. So it's good sometimes to just leave it aside for a second, let it rest, but recover from all of those injuries that you've been carrying during the season. And then the second two weeks, start training again, but not necessarily the sport. Maybe you can cross train so that you don't put all the effort again over those joints. Like that's maybe the moment to say like, hey, why don't you go play volleyball if you like it? You know, that's why you see on TV Sergio Ramos playing basketball or Griezmann playing basketball or players playing golf. It's like, yeah, start moving again, be active again, so you don't lose a lot of your your fitness, but not necessarily the same thing. I, I think you're, you're – I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but the, the, the problem is I think if, you, if we don't overgeneralize, like you now – you're relying on sometimes young adults or – I mean, young teenagers, 15 years, 16 years old, or kids going home for the summer for the first time without a strength coach around them to to now have to figure that out themselves. And, I mean, do kids – how often are you seeing kids take, I mean, the easy route? You're like, hey, if you're sore, take some time off. And next thing you know, it's, it's two months. Like, coach, I was sore. Like, I got a sunburn. And and then I fell off the raft when I was when I was you know boating, you know. So I I think sometimes if if you don't give them this like hey, and I think that's where that ten thousand hour rule comes in because probably I agree with you that yes it should be it should be good training, but I, I mean if you do it if you do ten thousand hours on ball skills you're you're bound to get better you know even with a guitar yeah yes it's, if 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 John Mayer teaching me guitar in ten thousand hours versus Tyler Tomlinson. I'm going to be better at the end with John Mayer. I mean, that's um, it's mainly because John Mayer doesn't have a beard. But I, you know, so. But I think it, I think sometimes, and I don't know, in college guys. I mean, if if left to their own devices, will kids just not do anything? <laughs> you know, and so but you can incorporate it. You can incorporate it in your planning. You can say like, hey, you know what? We go. I mean. And then you're going to go case by case, depending on each player. But you can say, like, hey, the first 15 days. If you if you go case by case, Tyler, the Tylers, I mean, how, how feasible is it to go case by case with, with, you know, Tyler, you have 40 players. Tyler, you have 200 <laughs> players. How, how, I mean, what do you see what I'm saying here? I mean, and I, I, there's no right answer. I, I don't know. But I'm so here's for you guys because I know Pablo froze. Yeah, oh. Coach Oliver hit that one up. Is that is it possible? Do 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 players get that specific treatment? Um, I think it's more or less by groups or position, maybe on the team. Um, it's if you're working, you know, my, myself, I'm programming for you know a team of you know 50 players. Um, it's kind of hard to individualize and yeah, our kind of time slot you're given. So if you break it into by position, you can probably individualize it a little bit more there. Um, luckily for me here, you know, I have a couple assistants now. It's not just myself. So we can kind of, you know, work with that individual, um, if they need, you know, more training in a certain area, or if they're 
coming off an injury, and then we can kind of make them more specific to them. And I don't think that's too hard of a task to do for that, to just be more or less breaking it down by position um, as opposed to an individual um, player. T- touch on that position a little more. Are, are you getting focused on forwards have a different training than a center back? Yeah, so I mean, me first and foremost, you know, I if I don't know the sport very well, I'm going to sit down with the coach and kind of ask what they want for that position player. You know, are they wanting them to be super physical? So that individual might have to, you know, beef up a little bit more, make a little stronger, or they just want to be pretty quick and fast. You know, that's stuff we want to focus on there. You know, obviously your forward and your goalie aren't going to have, you know, very similar training areas. So, you know, that's where we can kind of break it down a little bit more specific by that individual player. Could could you, and anyone here, because uh, I think that's, and, and I'll, I'll be 1,000% honest on this one. Pablo brought, was is an epitome for me. I don't. I can't tell if he's frozen again or not. I, he's he's not moving. Okay. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen people do that? Someone did that to me, and they did. And like they're frozen. Can you hear me? And I'm doing all. And like after like five minutes, he starts laughing. I'm like, dude, I just spent five minutes trying to figure my side out, and he just wants to move it for five minutes. I'm like, you jerk. <laughs> So I'll be totally honest with you, Pablo. This is a, a, a mind opener for me. You know, I, I used to put out a, a, a summer fitness program, even when I was coaching in college, and I took that college program and give it to my high school age club players. And but they're all doing the same thing. And then Pablo, is a, you know, called me out on it. It's like if if you're a, and and if you're a wing mid, it's a different type of running than a center back. Um. So how do you? And I guess is so. You know, do you guys, you know, the, I guess you guys follow that plan. Do you give them a specific? So if you're, I guess, back this up long-winded here, if you're a high school age player trying to stay fit or even incoming freshman, how, I, mean, how, I mean, you should be doing specific training. Yes? I guess I know Pablo's answer, so, but college-wise, yes? Or, or is that, what, what do you guys, what's your thought on that? Um, I think incoming freshman more or less, or newcomer, we're going to look at them, make sure they move properly and correctly, kind of get, you know, based on our, you know, our roots of what we're trying to emphasize here um, in our training. And then once they get, we get, see that they move well and they're getting comfortable in those positions, then we can kind of make it more specific. But like you said, I mean, summer, it's pretty hard if they're not all here to kind of make it specific for them. So we might send out, like, that's when it's going to be a little bit more general as far as a summer packet program for them to Trying with. Well, I guess what are some tips then? So let's let's if if you're trying to train differently, you know, if if you're I guess Pablo or someone specifically, if you're a forward versus a a center back, like what should your training look like? You know, it should, should you can it be make different? it as complex as you want, right? And then then we go into real life. That is what we were saying. Like in a in a perfect world. All of our trainings would be perfectly individualized. Now, then Tyler has 40 players and it's just himself. So it's, it's maybe it's impossible to do it in real life. But from a theory standpoint, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm supportive of that. I think, and, and I think it can get complex or, or detail oriented if you want, because we could say like, hey, but Tyler, how does your team play? Like we like, let's suppose that we say like, oh, as a four, you should train differently. But 
it depends too, because if he sits back and counters a lot, well, maybe what we want to do is we want to optimize the capacity of that forward to run 40, 50 yards, you know, at, at top speed and be able to sustain the quality of that effort for 90 minutes. Now, if you play differently and they're, you know, I don't know if you, if you had the capacity to sustain the ball in the opponent's half most of the time, well, he's not really going to do that for that much. Uh, but there are others that you might need. So everything can get as complex as you want in that sense. If you start defining a game model and an idea of play, the scenarios that you think you're going to encounter more frequently, you know. Hmm. It is... Every time I talk to Pablo, I think, man, I've been coaching wrong for so many years. <laughs> what do you, um, I, okay, so, so, I mean, I guess simp simply then, I mean, it, I've always said, hey, I mean, it's not bad, but soccer wise, you don't, you don't go out and run five miles. That's not a realistic training. I mean, so, I mean, can we simplify, I guess, what kids should be doing over the summer? I mean, so one, we think they should take a break. Is, is that, if we've got that far, so we think at least if, maybe like a 15-day break can mentally and kind of prepare and kind of regroup. And then when you get back into it, I mean, is running six miles good for soccer training? I know it's not awful, but I always thought, you know, they should focus more like mailbox sprints or, you know, something a little more soccer. If we can generalize <laughs> to it. To generalize it, if you tell me my 16-year-old player, I would say – um so, for, for example, when we when I see people running from a sprint from box to box, I'm like, that's unrealistic. That doesn't happen ever in the game. And they do it once, and then the, the rest period is so long that it's it gets even more irrelevant. So I would say, like, in that case, and to make it simple and generalize, I would say, like, no, go run the six miles. But instead of doing it at a, at a simple pace, at a steady pace, like, let's let's work on intervals. So basically, I would say, like, just don't do not do a slow jog for six miles because that's very unrealistic as well. I would say, like, no, maybe run three or four, but use intervals. The first minute, you go 25%. The second minute or the, the second 30 seconds, you go 75%. And then you rest for one minute at 25%. And that effort starts being a little bit more similar, at least, to what you're going to do uh, on the field, even if it's still unrealistic. Because in soccer, you don't just run. You run, you turn, and ultimately you're thinking, right? But, um, but it, it gets a little bit closer, at least. Yeah, I call those, like, you know, you do mailboxes. You sprint between some mailboxes Same. and jog, yeah. Coach, Coach, what do you guys, I mean, what do you guys think of that? Or, I mean, what should these kids be doing I mean, if we can simplify what they, what they should be doing over the summer. And the answer may be nothing, but I don't think we're at that conclusion. But what, I mean, simplify what they can be doing over the summer from, from a collegiate level. Like, you know, I, I want to play college soccer. I may be U16, but I guess I'm mentally thirst thinking about that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that. Keep it the most simple way that you can. Just find an area that you can do some type of interval training um, or that's, you know, on the field. Or if you got to go in a gym or on a bike, you know, something that you can, you know, build up your work capacity that way, you know, because that's the game of soccer. You're going to be jogging for a little bit. You're going to be walking for a little bit. You're going to be sprinting full speed. Next thing you know it. Um, other things, you know, that's one of our days. It's just a continuous type of run. 
Um, the other thing I always tell them is, you know, playing your sport is going to get you um, in conditioned as well. So if you're playing one time a week at least or twice in some league, you know, that's a great way to build that up as well. And then, you know, another day you may focus on maybe short bursts, short sprints, and then a little bit rest in between. Just kind of work on your sprint speed and acceleration from that standpoint um, would be another way to do, simplify it um, when you're breaking it down by days. And none of the things you have said requires a soccer field. Because, I mean, that's, yeah, because, I mean, if you're on a beach, you can do that. In fact, I, I think beach workouts are great. I mean, you need a road or you need a mailbox. You need something because I've heard that excuse before. Oh, coach, I was on the, I was on in Florida. So, you mean, I mean, right. I mean, you can do this if, if, and, and this is where I'm trying to get, help kids kind of grasp this. If, you know, if, you know, if Tyler's hitting eight to 12 hours a week and, and some people are hitting 10 to 20 and, you know, so I think even if you hit a minimum of 10 hours a week, it, there's so many different things you can do for those 10 hours. Like if you're on vacation and the only thing you have is stairs, run stairs that day. You know, if you're on the beach, run on the beach. You know, it. it I mean, if if you only have a road, run a, run on a road. If, if you're stuck in a, in a bunker and you can't go outside, do abs and, and do burpees. Like, right? And you can have a ball. I mean, and like I, I start making Harrison, if he's watching YouTube, he just has a ball on his foot and doing in-betweens. Like, I think sometimes we... And I don't know. I think, you know, they think it's summer break and like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go out. I don't have time to go to the field seven hours a day. Like, you, could, like yeah, when, you, when you're talking 10 to 12 hours a, a week, that's an hour or two a day. And that's not even a full sprint. When I say sprint for two hours, right? You I mean, can always do something. You also don't need a gym. You, know, like, you can do everything with your own body using some exercises. Like, my, my generalization, I would say summer break. What I would tell my player tomorrow, 16-year-old, would be like, hey, I mean, how are you feeling by the end of the season? Like, do you have any pains, any injuries? Why don't you like start by taking a week off? And, like, you know, if you need a second one because you're still recovering, well, take it, take it as well. You know, and if you're good after one week, well, you know, let's start moving again after a week. And if not after two weeks, start moving again. Start doing something again. Do something at least. Swim if you want to swim, play basketball, if you want to play basketball, play tennis, do whatever you want, but start moving again. And after, after 25 days, I would say, now we got to get back to the soccer. We got to start getting back to the ball. We got to start getting back to more specific efforts. So we, we agree though. I think everyone's on the same page, Thomas. And if you can summarize that one, you can't take the summer off. I mean, is that a good blanket, bold statement. You, can, I mean, you 15 and older, collegiate players, whatever, you cannot take the summer off. Tomlinson? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I understand the sentiment of, you know, treating our kids intelligently um, and and not, you know, overdoing things, right? But I don't, I don't think the pendulum should swing so much that way that, you know, we should cry out on Twitter, let the kids just do whatever they want over the summer. That's that to me is also incorrect. Right. So, and that's kind of where Josh and I started this whole journey was this big thread that was happening between 
all levels of coaches that I was following on like, what, what should we do? You know, some one person that said, leave the kids alone, let them be kids. You guys are forcing things down their throats all the time. And I'm just, you know, I was like, well, I think there's a middle ground here. As Tyler has um, a whistle with Desi. Well, maybe right. says, <laughs> but, but he, he brings up a good point because especially with the younger players, it's like sometimes it, it ends up leaning towards the opposite side. Like, like we try to force the kid to stop playing when he wants to play. And I'm like, well, that's mistaken as well. Like he's, he's 15. If they want to play soccer, let him play. What do you mean? Like, we're not, we're going to try to have him not play. No, no, no. <laughs> it, Tyler's exactly. point is, is, is the parents are, are it's there's got to be a balance I agree with I, I'm with the some of the parents like it, I'm not bringing my I'm not bringing hairs to my nine-year-old for three hours a day up to the soccer field like that's a right. lot but you can't you can't not take off even at nine he's we got the thousand touch plan that we're doing every day it takes 20 minutes like he's nine go go play in the in the in the water Bring a ball with you when you jump on the trampoline. But you would like, never, you would never go to Harrison and say, like, I think hey, that's Tommy Ray Harrison. You know what? For the next week, I don't want you to play soccer. Like if he wants to, what? Like no. Like so. No. That's why we go into a little misunderstanding. It's like if we have seventeen years old and he's kind of like injured or something, you say like, hey, why don't you take a week off? All good, and then we start playing again. Like no problem. But and I think Pablo gives a good challenge to coaches um, to. If possible, try to individualize some workouts for players over the summer. Um, and so, you know, for us, for example, we have a summer fitness packet, but that's just general, right? And not everybody is going to be doing the same thing. So we have options on there that it, maybe something is more distance oriented for when I have our individual meetings at the end of the season with the player, I'll tell them which which parts they can focus more on in in coming up. Maybe someone needs to gain weight, right? So they're going to have different things that I want them to be doing fitness-wise. So I'll suggest that, right? I, I won't mandate it or anything like that, but we want to put in their hands the, the fitness packet with the options. And then I try my best to individualize it. I'm not going to probably be texting that player all summer saying like, hey, remember our talk back in April when we decided you were going to do this? Like, I just assumed that they took the things that yeah, they you can, from that you meeting. can totally do that and it's not I, that complicated if you think about it like it's not going to be perfect but like if you think about it like for example midfielders are the players that walk the less it's just, like it's just common sense like they, they they're always doing something that right. doesn't mean that they're always printed in fact they don't sprint that much in general but they are they're the ones that walk the less so you can adjust a little bit of your training to say like, hey, I'm not going to give you too many passive periods in your trainings because you're not going to walk. So I'm always going to keep you active and active recovery. It's like always jogging back, whatever you do. Your right back, your left back, they, sprint, they don't sprint as much as a forward in general, but they run longer distances at three quarters. They they, you know, they tend to do the lines quickly. So maybe you say like, hey, instead of working in sprints that are 20 yards, with you, we're going to work a lot on three quarters for 45, 45 yards. You know, so you can customize a little bit to the positions. Yeah. And Tyler, you brought up something. If you're not going to do it, yeah, I don't know, Coach Alvin, if you have the same approach, but I, I think 
and this is maybe where I'm and and Pablo, you can correct me for these U15, but U15 high school age, at that point, mom and dad are done begging you to do it. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, you kind of, I mean, you said that Tyler and, and, and coach, you may say the same thing. It's like, here's the summer workout plan. Like, I'm giving it to you because I know what you need. And I also know, like, for Tyler, it's easy. I know what I'm going to do this fall. I know what our preseason is going to look like. And I got a pretty dang good idea if you do this summer fitness, you're going to be okay for preseason. Call me crazy. And Coach Albert's the same way. Listen, I've talked to your coach. I'm gonna if you do this, you're gonna be okay for preseason. But if you don't, eh, it, it's your port hamstring. It's your playing time you're losing. I mean, is is that the is I mean, that's the approach when you hit college? Is that I mean, so these high school age kids have to be able to do this on their own. They this, this the age of I don't know what to do, freaking Google it. Like, Google it. I, I, you yeah. know, like I'm a forward. What kind of training should I do? I guarantee you, there's ten thousand videos on on there of what to do. Like, or, I mean, we're I think we're out of excuses of what to do over the summer. Right? I mean, yep. I mean, that's how it all much goes. Is it's how much they want to put it in. Do it if you do, if you're not going to, I'm, I'm not begging you toward their upcoming season. Um, like I said, we're going to notice. Their coach is going to notice who put in the work and who didn't over the summer, and then that's only going to either help you or hurt you um, come preseason. Once I get here in the fall, so. Thomas insane. Yeah, I actually, I actually basically at this point in my career as a coach, I, I just say like, here's a summer fitness packet. I, my main objective of this is so you don't get hurt in preseason because your body will go through a lot in preseason because you haven't been doing these actions this long every day. So if you don't do anything, your chances of getting hurt are going to be higher, right? If you're doing something, you're going to not put yourself behind. It's a short soccer for college is a short season. It's August, it's, it's two and a half months. That's it. Right. August to October. And if you're lucky to play November, great. But if you miss the first two, three weeks, that's a big chunk of the season already. So number two thing, hopefully it will get you in better shape. Right. But number one for me is injury prevention. That's, that's what I, I will. That's what I type that out when I send it out to every player. This is the first thing objectively that I'm trying to prove is like, Hey, I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to be ready physically. I think for incoming freshmen in college, I'm sure. I mean, I remember, I said you guys see it, it's they drastically under. And you talk about preseason is they drastically underestimate preseason because the college season, right or wrong, it is what it is. You know, club. We don't. We have a short preseason, but we only got two to three days a week. So there's always built-in yeah. rest day. Whereas college, you're six days a week. The minute you get there, you check in on 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 and on a Sunday, and you do your physical, and, and it's hey hugs for everyone. See you tomorrow morning, and you're going two days because you gotta get people in shape or some back to it, and as a team because you're playing a preseason game normally within ten days, so yeah, you got a, a super short period to get yourself fit, and so I think it's even more important in college because yeah, you're right. The the best way to get game fit is to play games. You come in and get hurt, you're not playing in the game. And you're done for the entire season almost. And so club's a little easier because you're not coming – unless you're – I mean, even – I don't know, Pablo, you're at MLS club. You're four days a week maybe. I mean, so it's a little easier to get back into it. But it's – I think yeah. people underestimate that. You know what it feels sometimes? Um, um, I think there's like an old school – 
kind of resilient idea of of thinking that um like the season and the other season like and then and that's why we have a pre-season to get back in shape and that's that's to me that's it's it's a mistaken approach like we optimize performance all year round not it's it's not like that we go on the summer and we do anything and then pre-season comes to get us back in shape like no 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 the outer season, basically, it's part of the plan too. <laughs> like the recovery that we're giving you, those 15 days, seven days to 15 days that we're giving you, we're doing it on purpose. It's part of the plan. It's not like we're saying like, no, now just go and eat from the bakery every day and try to get as, as fat as you can because we're going to go to preseason and try to get you back. And shit. Like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I, I got 15 days. It's not like that. So <laughs> we're giving you that. It's, you know, performance is training. It's what you train, what you eat, and, and, and what you rest. So yeah. it's all part of the plan. We don't we don't actually think about precision like, okay, now I'm gonna get back in shape. Like, no, you should come here and you should be ready for this, like Taylor's saying. Notice Pablo brought periodization yeah. back into, right back into it. Yeah. He couldn't help it. Uh, it, it. it's yeah, it is. I mean, maybe we yeah. Last question for Coach A, uh in in what has become now a two part series um <laughs> uh and last question weights w- when when should you begin lifting weights is there a time of year and, and specifically let's look at co- collegiate athletes because i know i mean that's that the weight lifting increases w- when when should um, players start lifting weights lift your round uh, our athletes is there a time and just kind of manipulate or non-weights um as far as intensity volume um, throughout our yearly plan and periodization. So um, typically in our off-season, early off-season, once we give them that, you know, those 15 days, those two weeks off to kind of recover, um, we're going to do a lot of volume and general prep um, for our end of the off-season type of season. So usually we're going to do a lot of, you know, muscular endurance type of work, um, hypertrophy, getting our muscles primed and ready to um, handle those higher intensities as we go throughout the year, um, getting closer to our preseason and end season. So, I mean, here we'll lift year-round, except for those, you know, like Pablo had mentioned, those two weeks that we'll typically give them off to just kind of do what they want, you know, play a different sport and kind of recover from there. But Are you, are you heavier with the lifting? Yep. And, again, I know I'm with Pablo. There's, you know, there is that, you know, there's no off-season. But for NCAA, there is. Um, and I'm with you. I wish it was just season. But – in the springtime, are you you're you're lifting heavier weights because you're not playing as much? Is that that is that the time to? Can you generalize it? In spring we kind of bulk up. Fall we maintain and use. Yep. So I mean, in the springs when we'll get a little bit more, we'll go you know that, three days a week probably. Is that your we'll, approach? You know, focus heavy on that higher volume, kind of lower intensity type of work. Then our weights will get a little bit heavier throughout the summer as we start to peak and get ready for the season. Then, like you said, in season, we're typically focused on that recovery aspect, making sure our athletes, you know, if they get home super late from a road trip, you know, we're probably going to focus on a recovery session, you know, make sure they're feeling good and primed um, come practice or the next competition. Like I said, typically two game weeks. So we'll probably have a day where we get after it a little bit. And then we'll have another day where we're focused on recovery, um, a lot more mobility, stretching, kind of regenerating our muscles so that they're feeling well.
All right. Tyler Tomlinson, we're going to give you a final word here. Um, yeah, I'll throw out. You guys, you guys mentioned the 10,000 hours, so if, if you've read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, the other thing that Pablo kind of mentioned, there's a book called The Talent Code. And that kind of says mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if you practice and you practice the right way, you can also improve. But I recommend checking out that book if you haven't read it. And what was it called again? Talent Code. You can, If you Google it, actually, there's like a free website that has it for free on like a PDF, all 200 pages. The, You're welcome. The Talent Code. Okay. Coach, final words here? No, good stuff. And yeah, that's, that's an interesting topic. Um, it's actually, those are actually two really good books. The one from the Bad World, the one from, the, the one from Daniel Cole, The Talent Code. The other one is The Sports Gene from David Epstein. It's interesting. And at the end, it's all common sense, isn't it? It's like, yeah, 10,000 hours. Is that great? Yeah, of course it's great. Now, if you maximize it with good training or much, even even better. Right? If you get Sean Mayer to teach you how to play the guitar, you know, maybe he can, maybe maybe you can make his wingman too, you know? You know? <laughs> Ooh. Coach A, Coach Alba, what do you got? Any final words here? Yeah, I mean, great topics. Just kind of, you know, listen to your body. You know, let's feel what it tell you. That's kind of the main thing. But, you know, don't be afraid to get after it a little bit. Um, work on your game. Work on your fitness levels. That way you can, like I said, maximize our time, quality, and help you stay healthy throughout the full season. That's our main goal. You can't do anything if you're not on the field. All right. Can't do anything if you're not on the field. I like that. That is a good way to end it. So this has been Cap Chat Live, um, part of the two-part series we're going to make um, for summer what you should be doing we talk periodization things like that so um, fascinating topic we appreciate uh, Coach Oliver from Kindery University joining us the uh, strength and conditioning coach um, Pablo Toledo sporting project director for Rush Soccer and Tyler Tomlinson as always the pixie stick chugger champion of Canton, Missouri with his new beard and uh yeah, be careful with that that motion. Uh, but uh, Tyler Thomason, the head women's actor at Corver Stockton College and the regional cap director at Rush Soccer. But this has been Cap Chat. You must get out and do something this summer. Let's not be lazy, everyone. This has been Cap Chat. Thanks for listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States, exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. My name is Josh Tyler, and this is CapChat.